Welcome to the Personal Finance Made Simple podcast, where we believe everyone can take control of their money, where personal finance should not be complicated, and we believe that no one should live with money stress. I'm your host, Dan Roman, and as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Your time and your attention are super valuable to me, so thank you. My statement to all of you listening is, why are we not taking our personal finances personal? As a reminder, the status of your money is based on the decisions you make with it. Please visit the show notes of this podcast, the details section of this podcast to find social media links, email, website, and how we can connect further. Thank you. Today is Wednesday, October 13th, and today we're going to talk about uh, investment game plans. Just like you take time to plan your vacation and you take time to plan your kid's birthday party or maybe even what's for dinner or where you're going for dinner, what you're going to wear. We all know that for certain things in our life, we care about the details. We worry about the plan. It's the same idea and same kind of planning that we need to apply to our wealth building, to our investing, to our retirement. And to reiterate on something I shared last week, if you are listening and you feel like, Dan, I'm really never going to retire. Like, I'm going to just keep working until I die. I can't picture myself being retired. I will be bored out my fucking mind. I completely understand where you're coming from. So let's switch the word retirement to building wealth. So throughout today's podcast, I'm simply going to refer to retirement as wealth building or investing, okay? I'm going to replace that word because I don't see myself retiring, and I know some of you listening don't see yourselves retiring either. When it comes to investing, a good plan will reduce your risk or earn you great gains in your investments. Your investments will grow, and with time, you can and you will build wealth, The truth is that we spend more time planning those vacations and kids' birthday parties and what's for dinner than we actually do our wealth building. And you don't don't need a ridiculous amount of time to really set yourself apart from where you are to where you want to be. You just need to be detailed. You need to make decisions that are are purposeful and intentional. And um, when I first started my wealth building journey... I spent most of my time in the beginning doing research and really understanding terms and what things were and the different kind of plans. And now, thanks to podcasts like this one, the Personal Finance Made Simple podcast, due to other material out there today, we could learn real quick on what we need to do to build wealth and create a good strategy. And that's, that's, that's what I'm going to share with you today is from an educational standpoint, Something that I've some some of the things I've done, some of the things I would recommend to a friend. Still hold true though that this podcast is strictly for educational purposes only, and um, this is this podcast is no way, shape, or form a distribution of tax, legal, or investment advice. So keep that in mind that these are just recommendations based on what I may have done, what I will probably do, or what I have suggested someone else to do on on concepts that I like. So when it comes time to win with money, what do you think you need? 
Better question to all my sports fans out there. How does Tom Brady win? Besides the fact that he's one of the best, if not the best quarterback of all time. How does he lead the New England Patriots and continue winning? And yes, some of that is talent, the people around him. But no team will win a game without a game plan. No team will win the big game without a game plan. So let's discuss what that game plan is, game plan is for wealth building. An investment game plan is a detailed plan with your wealth building based on your age, what you want life to look like as you get older. This plan should and I think should require you to think about what your goals are, how your goals change as you get older. Your investment game plan should consider if your family grows in size, if you have children, if your children end up having children. Any decision you make has to fit your lifestyle, your way of thinking, uh, who you are. Every decision you make, you need to understand. Otherwise, it's not a good game plan for you. So I want to share five basic rules to live by when it comes to wealth building. So you've heard the expression, crawl before you can walk, walk before you can run. So let's crawl before we walk here. The first thing I want to share with you is you need to keep a long-term focus. Investing is a marathon, not a sprint. Investing is a really long car drive that the only way to get there is to follow directions. The stock market is going to take you through a roller coaster ride of ups and many downs and back up again. But it's your ability to put on your seatbelt, hang on for the ride, that's really important. So patience is really key. And remember, when you're investing, you're investing for a long-term thing, goal, aspiration. So when things get a little shaky with the market, remember that you're holding focus and keeping it on the long term. You're looking at the destination, right? Not the journey. Which is contrary to a lot of the shit people have read, even some of the things I've said is, oh, focus on the journey, not the destination. That's true for certain things. But when it comes to your investing, the destination is what keeps you patient because that volatile ride of the stock market, the ups, the downs, the unknowns, it's, it's scary for some people. Number two, take advantage of the tax laws. Simply put, take advantage of tax-deferred accounts. Tax-deferred meaning you pay taxes later in retirement when you use the money. And those accounts are, would be your traditional 401ks that you would get through a job where they help you get a tax break now. Tax-exempt accounts like, like Roth accounts help you grow money tax-free and allow you to use your money in retirement tax-free because it's after-tax money that you're putting in. But both of these accounts can help you build wealth very quickly. Number three, be consistent. I mean, in anything you do in life, consistency is what's going to determine the outcome. If you want to be a cook, how else, how else will you become a great cook? Cooking a lot, consistently, over time, and you become a great cook. An entertainer, an athlete, an, a, a business owner. 
whomever you look up to and respect, this is this their success did not happen overnight. Their name did not be built overnight. It took time and it took consistency. And with investing, consistency is the key to building what your life, what you want your life to look like. It's not microwave popcorn. If you invest, if you invest 15% of your pay after taxes, I'm sorry, 15% of your pay before taxes, I always get those two mixed up. 15% of your pay before taxes in IRAs, month after month, year after year, yo, you're on your way to become a millionaire. It's ridiculous some of the numbers that I put together for some of my clients when I'm coaching them and teaching them what 15% of their gross pay, their before-tax pay into retirement can mean, into wealth building can mean. Number four, focus on growing your investments. When you're putting money into wealth building accounts, into investment accounts, we want to avoid inflation. Inflation means that the dollar today is going to feel more like 75 cents tomorrow or a decade from now. So you need to invest your money in a way that beats inflation so that your money goes further in retirement. So when we focus on growing your investments, we want annual increases that grow. We want 16, 18, 20, 23% growth in our portfolios. Number five, reduce your risk with diversification. Some of these you guys are probably saying, yeah, you mentioned this last time, Dan. You're absolutely right. I introduced these, these concepts to you either last week or the week prior. But when it comes to your investment game plan, these things are really important. Diversification, I'll use my example from last time, is not putting all your eggs in one basket. That's pretty much what diversification means. Because if I'm walking down the street with one basket and all my eggs are in there and I trip and I fall and my basket falls to the ground, my eggs are destroyed. But if I have many baskets to put my eggs and I'm only holding one basket when I fall, I still got baskets at home with unbroken whole eggs. And that's what diversification is. Remember, all investments have risk, all of them. But you can reduce you can reduce your risk by spreading your investments evenly between the, these type of mutual funds. And I discussed these last week: your growth and income fund, your growth fund, your aggressive growth fund, and your international fund. There's also some index funds that you can put the money into bond funds that you can put your money into if you are looking to get moderate returns but more security, right? There's no one size fits all. And one of the things I love about social media today is that everybody's an expert. Nobody's done shit. And everybody's chasing this thing that just isn't realistic. When long-term investing is really the only indicator of if you're going to be able to build wealth or not. Next, I want to cover some of the most common investment strategies. Five of the most common investment strategies. Now, I don't necessarily 
recommend these as a blanket statement. As I reiterated earlier, this podcast is for general education purposes only. I haven't considered your financial snapshot, your risk portfolio, or your or your uh, uh, overall financial assessment. I, I don't know where you stand. I don't know who's exactly listening and... There's a lot of a lot of factors that would have to go into play before I could make a strong recommendation to anyone individually. However, some of the the five most common investment game plans I'm going to uncover these right now. So number one is value investing. Uh, a value investor is like somebody going to the grocery store with coupons, or someone going to a store and asking for a discount. So these investors want and like and love deals. They like to buy low and hold it up for the ride. They're willing to bet that these stocks are going to be uh, underestimated by the stock market and are going to bounce back in the long run. So these investors, these value investors are going to buy these kind of stocks. And as these stocks grow in value, they turn a profit for the investor who bought them. So let's use an example. Let's say a company has a stock of $50, but something happened and the stock dropped to $20 per share. Now, if you buy at $20 per share, you're hoping and holding for that value to increase back to 50 and beyond. So you are considered a value investor. Now, the one thing with value investing is that it can be tough to figure out what a company's true value is and if a company will actually recover the value that it lost. Again, you're hoping it will, but the market decides what the market decides. But you can still get some value over time, and that's why I recommend investing 25% of your retirement, 25% of your investing portfolio in growth and income mutual funds, which usually contain a blend of growth and value stocks to provide a stable foundation for your portfolio. Strategy two, game plan number two is growth investing. Now, I call these kind of investors the gardeners, right? So... What they're trying to identify and invest in are small, young companies with a lot of potential for growth and expansion. That way, if and when the company stock price shoots up, the investor, the investor will reap all the rewards. The goal here is to invest in stocks that they expect to outperform the industry or the stock market in the long, in the long run. Now, these are the kind of stocks you'll find inside growth and aggressive growth mutual funds. These will have high highs, but when the lows get low, trust me, they get low, especially with the aggressive growth funds because those are uh, the wild child of, 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 the, of the bunch. Smaller companies and volatile growth go hand in hand, and it makes growth investing very hard to predict because it, it bounces around. Small companies don't have quite the stability in the marketplace like an Amazon or an Apple. Growth investing together should be about 50% of your wealth building portfolio, um, consisting of growth and aggressive growth mutual funds, putting 25% in each. It's a good way to reduce and make the bumpy ride more comfortable. Game plan three. Active trading. Active trading is a lot like the chaotic, fast-paced person focused on the short term. Also known as momentum investing, active traders want to beat the market by timing the market. 
And as I've already shared with you last time over the past few few podcast episodes, timing the market is a huge waste of time and it's a huge waste of money and traders lose money. Just under 80% of day traders, active trading, lose money. I don't like those odds. I don't like losing money. Active trading also increases your risk level in your investment and adds so much more stress in your life because you're really looking for a very, very quick turnaround. Like buy it at 10 a.m., sell it at 10.03 a.m. just because it went up, you know, three points or one whole dollar. And it's just, it's a, it's a very stressful investment game plan to be in. Number four, dollar cost averaging. I personally love dollar cost averaging. So it sounds complicated, but it's actually really simple. It just means you're making regular investments over time, no matter what's happening in the stock market. So the way it works is, let's say you put $300 into your 401k or Roth IRA every month. Don't even You don't even think twice about it. It automatically gets taken out every month. You're buying shares of the mutual funds that you have inside your account. Now, some months, those mutual funds are going to be cheaper because, you know, the stock market moves in one direction, then it moves in the other direction. Some months, those mutual funds are going to be cheaper, so you'll be able to buy more shares of mutual funds with that $300 you're putting in because the mutual fund is cheaper. Maybe next month, the price goes up, so you'll be able to buy a little less shares. See how that works? But you still get to buy, and that's the point. That's what dollar, that, that's what dollar cost averaging is. If the price of a mutual fund is down, that's great. You can get it at a discount. And if the price goes up, you get less of it because the price went up, but you're still getting a slice of the pie. And this is great for any investor, a beginner, someone who's experienced. Um, this helps beat timing the market because we know that sucks. It's safer than trading, much safer than trading, and it gives you better returns and results results over time. And then number five uh, investment game plan is buy and hold. Now, while this is the last one I'm sharing, it does not mean it's the least important. Consistency is far and beyond extremely important when it comes to investing, but even more important is the discipline to buy it and hold it for a really long time. That's where the term buy and hold comes from, which means you're going to buy it and not sell it. We can get scared when the stock market takes a dive or our investment is worth less than what we got it for. And, you know, I know people that are looking at their their investments every single morning and it just brings on so much stress. I look at my investments two, three times a year. That's all. Because I'm letting time do its thing. I'm letting the market do its thing. And I'm not concerned at any dips in my portfolio because I know that when the, when it comes right back up again, it's going to come back stronger, faster, and healthier. There's a ton of data out there that shows that when the market climbs back up the way it always does, your investments are worth more than what they were before it dived in value. A buy and hold strategy is exactly what it sounds like, all right? You you buy shares in the investment like mutual funds and you hold it for as long as you possibly can. Some people don't ever sell them. They pass them down upon death to their kids or their kids' kids. Now, remember, the stock market is um, has an annual average rate of return of 10 to 12%. So you really have nothing to worry about. 
we've seen some tough times economically from 9-11 to the most recently the COVID mess. And really, really the only people that lost money in their investments was when they cashed out when it was low. That's when you recognize the loss. That's when you capture the fact that your investments lost value. For long-term investors, I recommend a buy and hold approach. But it's important to know exactly what you're buying and holding on to. Again, this is why if you are a person that wants to do it on your own, I respect it. But getting the ability to pick an expert's brain an investment professional, wouldn't be a bad idea. There's a a service that will allow you to pay an investment professional per hour instead of trying to pay them a commission on your entire investment portfolio. And um, if you you go to napfa.org, I'm going to put the details of this website in the show notes of this podcast. N-A-P-F-A dot org. You can find a list of investment professionals in your area or that can work in your area. And um, from what I understand, all of them offer per hour rates. So you can call one of these investment professionals, spend two hours on the phone, pay them per hour for the two hours that you're talking to them, and really pick their brain on what you're doing, what you should be doing, and even just educate yourself. Ask questions. I like this this kind of payment structure because many of the brokerage firms, many of the investment professionals are gonna uh, they're gonna recommend a a assets under management fee, which means they're gonna charge you one to two percent of the value of your portfolio. And while one to two percent doesn't seem like a lot, well, it will. In- their fees increase when your investments increase. So as you're putting money in, as your employer's putting money in, and as your investments are growing in value, their commissions are getting bigger and bigger. If you're okay with that, that's perfectly fine. Um, Index funds are also a great way for you to invest in mutual funds and not really pay much in fees or commissions. But this this website, napfa.org, NAPFA, they have the ability to sit with you on the phone, do a Zoom call, uh, meet in person, and you pay them per hour, and you really get a good idea of what you should or shouldn't be doing. Okay, episode is over. Please leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. The more you rate, the more you review, it's going to allow other people to see what we have going on, the community we're building, and the difference we're trying to make in personal finance. As a reminder, this podcast is no way a distribution of tax, legal, or investment advice. The Personal Finance Made Simple podcast is for general education purposes only. Any and all information I provide is strictly for that reason. I have I have, and will continue to provide an educated opinion. Lastly, I have not evaluated your financial snapshot, portfolio, or risk assessment. As a reminder, the status of your money is based on the decisions you make with it. So, why are you not taking your personal finances personal?